Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host. And I have a very special guest on today. She is hailing all the way from across the pond over in the UK. I want to welcome my new friend, Jolene Trister, to the show. Jolene, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. You know, I can't say your name without thinking of that song. The Dolly Parton one. Yeah. <laughs> Get it all the time. Everyone's like, have you heard that song? I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm named after. I don't think my dad thought that through. Not really. <laughs> was it your dad that named you? Yeah, he was He was, um, He was. was at a karaoke party. My mum went into labour early with me, <laughs> and he was drunk at a karaoke party, and she let him pick the name. He didn't have one. And somebody had just been singing Jolene, and I was like, "Oh, great! That's that's awesome." That, you know, that is a drunken that's story. It, that's the reason. That is literally the reason. <laughs> yeah, it's not like some profound Dolly Parton wisdom off or a fan or anything. It's just somebody who was singing the bloody song. So it's oh like, oh my gosh, awesome. Yeah, so that's how the name came about. So yeah, I've had it pretty much every day since I've been born. Oh my gosh, every day. Well, say every day. That's a bit oh. extreme, isn't it? It's not every day. But from most people that I meet, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, my goodness. That is so funny. So, um, well, thank you for coming on the show. We um, we met through our mutual friend, Glenn Morshauer. We did. And um, Glenn is a an incredible human, for sure. Um, and I think he feels the same way about you. So, you know, I think um, I told you I started this show a couple of years ago to help people have a breakthrough in life and get unstuck and all of that. And um, I'd like to start start with where you were born and raised. I mean, you kind of started um, a little bit, um, a little bit, I don't want to say rough, but like you were named after somebody singing a song at a karaoke bar yeah, basically, or whatever. Yeah. And, and, you know, the song itself is, it, it can be a bit challenging at times, right? Because of what it's about, about somebody running off with this woman called Jolene. And I'm like, yeah, you've not thought this through, have you? To my dad, you know, it's just, but yeah, I was, I was born in a really small little town in, in Yorkshire, in the UK, which is where I'm, where I'm living, okay. where I'm from. And both my parents were very much into the kind of spiritual scene but back then in the 80s I was born in in the early 80s and it wasn't as widely accepted all of that like it is today you know obviously it's just like kind of become quite the norm whereas back then it wasn't it was deemed as for, certainly where we lived it was classed as like the devil's work and that kind of thing so I grew up it, it was quite strange really because they were not like the hippie kind of parents they were very down to earth they both had jobs I mean they were working three jobs and very much around helping teachers as kids that you know there's more to life but we didn't have like much money or anything so it was just it was a real injury like my childhood was it I'm very lucky to have had such a lovely family I'm sorry if you yeah. can see the mess of them. I'm in my bedroom at the minute so I'm <laughs> I don't see you'll so have to just forgive that because it's like there's where the hell do you go when there's you know, there's a load of you cramped into your house and you you know you decide to take a day trip out to the loo. Anyway, just coming back to this. Out so, to the what? The toilet. The toilet. We call it the loo. What? You're the gonna what? hear some British British things. The loo. 
The, oh, the loo. <laughs> the loo, yeah, the toilet. I thought that was something in, in France. Oh, no, no. It's quite common. It's quite a common quite a common uh, word here. But, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting, you know, like my, my childhood, I was very lucky because I had some very strong, very strong women who brought me up, which was fantastic, my, and obviously my parents. Yeah. Um, but to say that, you know, they worked jobs, but they're very much into the spiritual vibe. So I did grow up with an awareness of, like, you've got, you know, there's, there's other things in the world. There's like, there's guides, there's angels, this kind of thing. It wasn't forced onto us, but it was just an awareness. So like my brother and sister, I've got an older brother and sister, and they're not really too much uh, that bothered into it kind of thing. Yeah. They didn't really go down that path. Whereas myself, I tried to get away from that path many times, especially being like a rebellious teenager and being off the rails a bit. Cause I, I was, I've always been a bit rebellious, especially at school. And I just, I remember one of my earliest memories was about 10 years old. So this is a um, it, when I was going to school, and I just remember seeing it and thinking, "This is just, this is all a lot of crap." Like I don't understand this system, and that was at like ten. So you know, it's kind of like I, I had this very inquisitive mind, always questioning everything. Yeah. And I used to say to my teachers, "You know, what do you actually enjoy your job?" You know, and they'd obviously be a bit challenged to say, "Well, you can't ask me that." But I would, and I was like, well, I, I don't want to, because they'd ask you at school, what do you want to do, like when you leave school? And I didn't fit in any of those categories, because I thought, you, I don't want to do any of these things, because nobody seems like really that happy in any of it. So I was always on this quest, really, of looking what was more in life, like what, I'm still on this quest, by the way, obviously, we're always like kind of learning as we're still yeah. alive, I guess. Um, but like learning more about life. And so my upbringing was, you know, it was a very humble one. Like I say, we didn't have much money growing up. And that used to confuse me a lot with the spiritual stuff because they they would, my parents would go and they'd stand on um, platforms in these spiritualist churches, which back then that's where you could go and talk and you know see people and you still can these days. I don't know, I'm not really involved in that. Um, but they they would share messages and things, and then we would get really devout Christians knocking at the door and saying, you know, this is the work of the devil, and I'd be telling them to like. F off, which had been like 10 years old. You can imagine how that went down. Things spawned of the devil kind of thing. And I couldn't understand people being so like <laughs> spawn you know, of the devil. Is that yeah, what you cause, said? Yeah, because it's like the, the like I'm trying to use the loo. Leave me it's, alone. It's so just fuck off at 10 years old. So obviously that didn't go down too well. Um, okay, we just went past the PG rating. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, so it's 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 been a really fascinating ride you know and I didn't want to get stuck in this sort of spiritual world if you will because it it felt to me like something was missing because right. I didn't understand why my parents never had any money even though they were working three jobs each I didn't understand that yet my grandparents my mum and my mum's parents they had their own businesses and they'd worked non-stop their entire life right. so I was quite lucky in so far as I spent time with them there wasn't rich in that sense but they were certainly better off than we were as, as, a, as a family and my mum did provide I mean they gave us every you know they gave us everything they could but what I didn't understand is how come if you're healing people and that you're speaking to angels how come we've got no money and we can't live I used to say that to my parents and I bless them they must have been like oh my god what are we doing like, can you get child? the angels to bring us some yeah. cash it's like <laughs> well, I would I would be like as a teenager I was probably a nightmare with this stuff. I was like, well, if that works, why are we struggling for money? You know, like that kind of thing. And so I decided to kind of wash my hands of it. I was like, right. I don't want to do this. This is rubbish. I don't understand how this can be a thing. 
but you, as you know yourself, like when you're on this path, your own path, you will get called, called back into whatever you're meant to do. So no matter how many times you're trying to go off path or trying to find this other way, we get called back in through experiences in life, through trauma, through terror, through just everyday human experiences. And that's what I found. So it was when I was about 18, 19, I really got back into it because I was questioning life again. You know, I, I ended up working in the National Health Service um, in management, not in nurse, not doing a nurse's role because I, I literally, if I see blood, I just pass out. I'm crap at that stuff. I I'm not good. So, and, so it wasn't it wasn't a good fit. <laughs> I didn't I didn't train as a nurse. I, I worked in the offices, um, but I met some of the most genuinely wonderful people during my time working in the National Health Service. Like honestly, they are earth angels. There's no doubt about it. So I was trying to understand that I met healers and so forth, some amazing people, but some not so good. And I didn't understand why there was this need to, you know, for them to say, well, I, you know, I'm an earth angel, I, like pronouncing it when I was genuinely what I felt was meeting who were what I felt were earth angels and working all hours, not necessarily getting paid for it and, and sitting with patients and spending that time with them when they didn't have to do that. That to me is like an earth angel. So I thought there's some discrepancies here. There's something that feels a little bit off. So it was just kind of navigating my way through this path and trying to see where I fit in and what can I offer. So when I left the National Health Service, I ended up starting um, a business with my ex-husband. Um, I've got a son to him who's now 14. And, you know, at the time I was learning a lot about, uh, it's when The Secret came out, that was 2006 was yeah. when my son was born. The Secret came out. And I remember people being like, this is like this massive secret and blah, 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 blah. And I, it, it made sense to me because I felt like it was part of a missing key of the stuff I didn't get, like about around creating your own sort of reality, creating your own wealth, your mindset, which is a huge one. And it was it was almost like the start of, of this whole new journey, even though it was things that had been taught about that was perhaps in books that I grew up with, but just didn't really care about. I wasn't even interested in really looking at it. And but yet it was there the whole time. And that's what it felt like. So it was just kind of coming back full circle. And something just clicked for me when I read that. And everything kind of just stemmed from there. And I'm not saying it was just because of the film The Secret. There was many, many other things that I was brought up with and around. But that just seemed to hit home at a time when I needed it. And so that's when things started to change. And then I watched a film called Conversations with God. Oh, Which, Neil Donald Walsh. Yeah. So what Love. happened here? This is, this is a synchronistic, absolutely incredible experience. Yeah. I'm just sort of narrowing it down to the sort of moments of what led me to, to kind of where I am now. And at that time, I'd watched The Secret. And then my sister gave me a copy, a copy of Conversations with God. And I remember saying, if this is religious, I don't want to read, I don't want to watch any of this. This is like, I'm not interested. Like I just, I just, that's how I felt right. at the time when she gave me it. Right. I'm like, I'm not, that's not for me. And it, because it, what, 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 hold on, hold on. You're, you're slow down, Jolene. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can talk for England and I do. I will. I will. You're cracking me up. So, so um, I want to go back to the resentment about your name. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> we've got time for that bad issues. <laughs> how dare you <laughs> um no i you, so so 
how old are you at this point that you're you're in the the secret so you're not even I've got to ask me questions like that I'm crap at maths um how old would I have been 24 I'm 38 okay. now okay so yeah 24 so, yeah and and you're talking to angels were you, were you talking to I, angels back I, then I I have talked and shouted and sworn at my angels many times I, I feel like we have many different different forms of beings. So, you know, I don't want to just say, oh, it's just angels. But when I was little, I grew up with, there are, you know, I was told there are angels and the, that, there's other things. You know, like with uh, Reiki, my parents were both um, trained in Reiki and stuff. So that that to me was just part of if, you know, like we had medicines. And so it wasn't like they were completely hippie because there wasn't. People wouldn't know that unless they saw them speaking at the spiritualist churches and came knocking at our door to yeah. be rudely told to you know do one so it was more of just coming back because I can go off tangent and I don't want to do that so with regards to the conversations with God scenario yeah. that I didn't know what that was so this okay. would have been not long after the secret so it had been probably towards the end of 2010 yeah around that time when I watched it okay I watched that so I didn't read the books I watched the film Right. I watched the film and I was in tears. I mean, like floods of tears, like something just came over me. And it was, I just felt moved. I, I can't explain what that film did for me. So just pause it there a second. Okay. Roll on to a year later, I am then talking to and having conversations with the producer of that film, who's Stephen Simon. Wow. And being mentored by Neil. So you were, hold it. You were mentored by Neil Donald Walsh. Yeah, he did the afterword for my book. There's a lot because we, we haven't properly spoken yet, have we? So there's probably a lot. We you haven't. You just know about the magazine. So th this is going back to before the magazine about wow. my life, and what I was doing. Yeah. So I was in his mentoring group. There's a, it was a group, and then we had one-to-one -one phone calls. That wow. was in the space of I, I want to say like a year, but I'd have to go back and check this. I'm, I'm sure it's roughly around that time. But from watching that film. Literally, when I say in floods of tears, I was on my knees. Like, I just felt something moved in me like that. Like, something shifted in my soul. That film was so powerful for me. And I can't describe why. It's one of those moments which is a breakthrough. And that yeah. was my biggest breakthrough at that point. Wow. There were other things that happened before then. But we weren't going to that because there's no point of doing that. Because I want to focus on this. Because this was right. like, this really kick-started things <clears throat> for me. Because I had worked with a lady who teaches all about intuition a couple of years prior to that, which helped me on my path. But I don't want to go too much into that story because it takes us away from this, which right. was the main breakthrough. So it was through a series of synchronistic events since watching that film. But like everything in my life had been leading to it. It's just I kept refusing to go there. Does that make mm. sense? Like anytime yep. a, a, an opportunity was presented to me, right. I just felt like I'm not ready for it. So with my ex-husband, when I left the um, NHS, the National Health Service, I set up a software company. Well, it was mainly his. It was his because he writes. I mean, he's a genius with, with software. Right. And I've always been able to see. I don't know why. I've just always been able to do it. Like a big, like the bigger outcome with people. Yeah. So I could see what they could potentially do. Not with every single person, but just if I see that there's something that could really sort of, you know, yeah. be amazing for the world. And I saw it with him as soon as we first met. And he worked for somebody else because he didn't have that confidence to leave. Gotcha. But then lots of things happened. So Daniel, my son, was a was tiny, just you know, newborn baby. So we needed the money. We didn't have we didn't have any savings. We didn't have nothing. And so at the time 
I'd said to him, I would give up that job and focus on this product. So like I said, with no money, no investment, no nothing. Wow. I think we had like 50 pounds. So like, you know, $70 or whatever that equates yeah. to. That, yeah. that was it. Yeah. He set up this company and his friend bought it and it's uh, software for cars. So when you take your cars to, I don't know what you call it there, but uh, we take it to a garage here. And so it gets um, checked over like uh, an MOT or whatever. What, you, like you, what do you take it? You take it where? To a garage, like to. Oh, uh, uh, we call that a garage here. Oh, uh, well, tomato, tomato. You know, it's like, it's <laughs> it's a garage here. Anyway, yeah. so it's software where you take your car, right? So I, I literally, I've that's not a passion for me, right? So, so just right. taking it. But I, I had when I worked in the NHS, I worked in the office, I worked in management, and I actually. I wanted to do, I wanted to go to university at school, but we never had any money. And that wasn't an option then like it is now. It, it just wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up putting myself through university when I was in my job role in the NHS. Wow. So I'd actually been to university and I was, I was studying about um, leadership. That was my thing. So, and I did a degree in uh, health management and administration. So I did all that and I finished it and I actually um, graduated basically just after I'd had Daniel. So it was yeah. all a bit of a strange time because I didn't really need it after that because obviously with working with my ex-husband. So what we did is we set up this software company. And so that was in 2006. It, it's still going, it's his. And wow. we grew that from literally like one customer. And now it's one of the leading software providers for garages in the UK. Wow. But I'm not, I'm not part of that. Right. So, but the reason I'm sharing that with you is because, because leaving the NHS, which was my security and having a job, a nine to five job was my security. And I'd always had jobs from leaving school, even though I was rebellious and a bit of a, bit of a bugger really. But I was, you know, I, I still always had jobs because I wanted the money to be able to buy the things I wanted to do, uh, to buy. So when, when I left the NHS, which was my security net and leaving that and starting this software company because I knew how to put things into place. So I was like building the back end of it, how to structure the company, how mm -hmm. to do that, even though I hadn't done it before, but in my job within the health service, I had to structure the departments and, right. you know, rotate in different staffs, you know, all, all different kinds of things, which I just thought if I apply everything I've just learned from my last job and from my degree, plus using the laws of the universe, this is going to be phenomenal. Right. You know, like he didn't, he wasn't into any of this. Like this wasn't his thing. He wasn't really, he didn't get it. He wasn't bothered, but he just said, go and do your thing. And you know, <laughs> let's see if it works. And I was like, and it did, it really did work. Right. And it showed right. me that, that, that this was the missing thing that I was looking for as a kid. And so something just moved, but I didn't feel passionate anymore. Cause that wasn't my thing. I didn't want to do it. That wasn't where my soul felt alive, you know? So this was before the conversations with God. Oh, that was before. Okay. This was before it, right? So okay. we, we had, because my, my ex-husband doesn't come from a money background either. Right. He's doing right. really well now, like really, really well now. He's, he's, I'm so happy for him because he's, it's everything he wanted to do. Yeah. And so now he's got, a, got, I don't know how many staff, you know, and it's, it's, it's incredible what he's done. So I worked there for quite a few years and then I, I just knew I didn't want to be with him anymore because, well, life happens and you, you know, it just, we just wasn't a match anymore. I met him really young you know, and yeah. it just, yeah. just wasn't happening. But we worked well in business. But I felt lost because it's like I knew I had all this and I, I loved, 
one of the things I'd always been doing is helping, you know, like, so intuition's been a really important part of my life, as I think it is for everybody. Yeah. And like, to me, it's just natural. It's just part of life. Like, it's standard. And and I guess I probably took that for granted quite a lot and, and assumed that people were probably tapping into theirs more and trusting that till I realized people not really doing that. They're and and I, I didn't see how that was a gift. I just didn't see it. But right. I was helping, I've always helped people, even like when I worked in the National Health Service, I, I was giving guidance to all people like who asked me. I wasn't just like kind of going around going, well, I can see your uncle, I can do, I wasn't doing that. It was like, if somebody asked me, I would share that with them, right? You said I can see your uncle, is that what you said? No, I wouldn't do that. But you know, some people are like, I can see your uncle. <laughs> I feel, I'm failing a meal with you. And you're like, I didn't ask you for any like that's so to me I'm very I'm really like I'm quite funny about that I don't like when people just invade space like that yeah. I don't think we should do it so I hadn't met anybody who was I say quote unquote normal yeah who understood this and I felt really lost yeah. so I was trying I thought I don't want to go back into corporate work because I saw how unlimited things can be by applying these things from what I'd learned because I, I went on a mission about learning all about the, the laws of the universe and about how to, about personal development. I went on a bit of a mission with that, reading every book that I could get hold of, then feeling conflicted because some of it was con contradicting one another. So I was a bit lost. But when I watched Conversations with God, because this is coming back around to that, something in my soul moved, but I couldn't make sense of it. But I knew I was meant to feel that. And this and was for, this was in in the during the movie or this was what during watching the movie there was what was it what was it though was there anything that happened yeah, I, or he said or I felt I felt that the film was so strong like it, I could feel the energy from that film like I could feel what it was about I went into that movie expecting it to be extremely religious, even though somebody told me it wasn't. And I just, I was resisting it so much. And that's when I know I need to watch or learn something if I'm resisting. It's like, not in a warning sense of don't do it, but in a, why am I not doing it kind of thing? Because I thought I don't want to, instead of being open-minded. And so when I sat down and watched it and listened to his story, and because it was a true story of his yeah. life, and because of how real he was on there and how they shared his stories. I thought it was fantastically written. I thought, you know, it was just beautiful. And bringing that to the screen, I, movies can change, I feel, can change your entire world. It can, it can really help um, move things. Like I'm a very visual person, so I do enjoy watching films and, or documentaries. And I feel like the way that was written about how, you know, Neil had, uh, had in his life had gone from being homeless gone through countless relationships to not knowing what his purpose was to then all of a sudden you know then he's selling these books about knowledge from listening to his you know source god whatever you want to call it whatever fits because i think yeah. everybody has their own version of that right it made me feel like all of these feelings i had been feeling for all of these years about my intuition and speaking to different guides it made me feel like this is something that can be helpful but I didn't know what to do with it. So it was more of a case of me owning my own gifts and me saying, you know what, I ca I, there is something I can do with this. There is something I can share. And to see him go through that, and I, I felt like 
the movie for me, it, t- it took me on a journey. And right. that's what I loved about it. I thought it was spectacular. I really did, the way it was done. And, and, I could, and did you, was this in, in a theater you watched this? No, or? it was at home. It was just home. at home. Yeah, yeah. Okay. On my own. I was completely on my own. Okay. Um, Daniel was the baby. He was being looked after at that time. So it's like my downtime, if you will. So some just, yeah. you know, I was like, right, I'm going to watch that film. I absolutely dedicated, you know, that time yeah. to do it. And so it just, it, it moved me in a sense of when I realized the messages that was coming through for him, I, you know, I just thought this is incredible, like how that's moved his life. Yeah. And what an amazing example. I mean, it, it's, it's sad what he had to go through, but it's, and it's not putting him on a pedestal. I don't think it's healthy for us to put people on pedestals. And, and I think that's something that's really come to my attention since being around, like I said, I grew up with a lot of the mind, body, spirit stuff. I've, and I feel like there has to be some groundedness in it because otherwise it can put people off in a sense of if, if we're putting people on pedestals, we are then giving our power away because we're feeling like they've got something we perhaps haven't got. So yes, be inspired by people, absolutely, 100% be inspired, but being mindful and careful, not for us to, to, to give our power away to thinking that they have something. So what I loved about Neil was the fact that he was so grounded and down to earth, and he really was, by the way. So like when I was being mentored by him, I, I couldn't believe just how grounded he was. Like I, I, I don't know what I was expecting. And the fact I even got into that program, I, I, there was something had happened I won't go into it because I know that we haven't got that long to, to talk. Um, but something we, happened. It, it, first off, this is the internet. Second, it's my show. <laughs> Third, right. we got whatever it takes. So let's. So we're going to keep you on here all night till like obviously it's half four my time. So yeah. we're almost, no kidding. Um, I was I went to, so quickly then how yeah. this. Yeah. It was divine synchronicity. I, I truly believe that. But from a practical, well, how did it actually happen? Sense. I was invited to an event. It was a Hair House event in 2010. So that must have been when I first, yeah, so 2010. And whilst I was there, I was in a queue to go and get a book signed or something or other. And there was a, it was a big queue. And this is in London. And there was a guy in front of me. And I, I have a card deck, by the way. I used to. I still have it, but I'm not, I don't like sell them or anything anymore. But um, at the time, I just created a, an Oracle card deck. It's something I really, really wanted to do. It's a dream of mine. Yeah. And I had the card deck. It was, it was, it was, it was done and I was excited. I was going to show my friend. I was in this queue. So I had my card deck in my hand. And there was a guy in front and he turned around. He was an American guy. He turned around and he saw my card deck. You know, I was, just, I was really excited. I was, it was a really good event. I was just chatting away. And he said, Oh, I didn't see those on the table is in where people were selling, you know, with the, the hair yeah. house authors. And I said, oh, that's because the, it's not, it's mine. And my intuition said, give him the card deck, right? But I actually did yeah. need this card deck because I needed to give it to a friend of mine. And I only had that one left. Right. So my intuition was saying, give him the card deck. I was like, I, so my mind was saying, I don't know this man. I don't know who he is. Don't do it. But it was such a strong impulse. I gave him the card deck. Mm-hmm. Never thought any more of it apart from my, you know, like sometimes my intuition will say something in my mind. It's like a little devil and an angel, right? Yep. So the, the angel saying, give him the, give it. No, no, it doesn't talk like that. It's really soft. It's like, give him the card deck. Then my devil's like, well, that was stupid. <laughs> right. Now what are you going to do, right? right. So that, it's, that's the sort of groundedness, right? Listening to that both sides. So I was kind of trusting it, but at the same time going, well, what's that a stupid bloody thing to do? Because now my friend's not going to get this deck and they're waiting for it. And yeah. I was like, I'll send them one. It's fine. 
Turns out, so I never heard anything from this guy again, by the way, at that point. So we didn't talk anymore. He went, to, he was uh, seen, got his book signed, left that. The next day I got an email from him and he was Neil's facilitator for wow. all, all of his events. I didn't wow. know that. I'm still friends with him to this day. So wow. what's that... the chances of that in London, right? And Neil wasn't there. <laughs> Like what was that about? Like he was he was uh, based in Paris, but he's American. What's a what's a queue? You said you were in a a queue. Oh, so a line then. So oh. if you're in a store, we're 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 a bit like that in the UK. We like we expect people to queue. Like if you're in a store and you're waiting to buy someone, you get in that queue. You don't push in, otherwise we might just give you a very dirty look of how dare you do that. Right. So, uh, yeah, right. a line. Okay. What do you call it? I'm just trying to get my. You know, I got to tell you something before I forget. My my nine year old daughter walks around the house all day, like talking in a British accent. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Stop. <laughs> we, <laughs> like, we 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 don't talk like my my husband. He's uh, Cockney, and he does talk proper Cockney, so like London, like as in what you hear on the films with like Oliver Twist. I'm from up north, so I have a bit of a different accent. Yeah. So sometimes people are like, what's that? But yeah, I, I will get that. I've got quite a few friends over in America, but I have to remember to, yeah, with the sayings, we have different sayings here, but we have a lot of fun with that, yeah. especially when I'm over in the States, so I do have a lot of fun with it. But I yeah, so that synchronicity was, yeah. I. if I hadn't have given the, so if I'd have listened to that voice of, don't do it because literally I didn't have any more. And my friend was expecting this deck. Yeah. Then I'd have missed that entire opportunity. Yeah. So I think this is why like the intuition thing is such an important part for me because, yeah. and I, I haven't always listened to it. And when I haven't, I've usually experienced, you know, not um, times when I, I call them mini bitch slaps a bit like we well, should have listened to that. Right. You know, and then they get bigger. Yeah. So I realized that, this was something that I could teach was about my intuition. So when I was, when I was being mentored by Neil, um, I had my card deck and he, I, I, I think well, I'd mentioned obviously about my card deck and it was yeah. going to be made into a book because somebody had said to me, can you make it into a book? So he said to me, would you like me to do the foreword for it? Like, how can I help you? Well, I hadn't planned that. I was thinking, cause I, you know, I was like, wow, this is absolutely incredible. So I said, you know, there's another lady who I was working with at the time who'd offered to do it. And I said, I've already, you know, I've already got, and he knows her. So I said, I've already got a lady to do it. So he said, well, let me do the afterword. So I, he did the afterword for the book, uh, for the book, which is the book form of the card deck. You, so that's turned, how, you turned Neil Donald Walsh down to write the forward for your book. Well, yeah, but it's not like, that sounds like really bad, but no, it's, well, <laughs> there's a few, there's a few things I could go into with that stuff, but there's a few, that I have many opportunities which I have messed up and I, and I wish I hadn't, but yeah, there was that, that one. I'm glad that that happened, even though I didn't really do anything with this book. Right. So that book is shelved at the minute and it's a sad thing really, but that's what happened to it. It didn't feel the, the I put basically um, what I realized with, with the mind, body, spirit industry, it's quite a small world. And it was, it seemed to me like it was a little bit clicky in a sense of if you're in the group, you're in the group. Yeah. I wasn't in the group and I didn't feel like I wanted to be in a hierarchy at that point. Like I just, I just don't, I feel like information should be available to everybody. And I, I was struggling with where I fit in. And so at the time it was like, if you're not published, 
then there's no then you know what do you do whereas now it's it's very much about self-publishing but back in 2010 it was in before then it was 2008 right was when i'm so i decided that i'd research how to make a card deck because at the time doreen virtue was the main person doing it but don't get me onto her because i i'm not keen on that woman now but just anyway at the time i'm grateful for the fact that she did that because i researched into it and i looked and i thought I, i'm sure i can make this myself having done products with software before so i did so i didn't know how to do it. i just learned along the way and so this is how the card deck came about but it led me on to other things if that right, makes sense right yeah yeah so that's how that's what i was doing when i left the software company was mainly i've been giving readings intuitive readings since i was really little it just came naturally to me and helping people from all walks of life and what i loved about neil was the fact that he seemed so genuine and from the heart and i do believe he is you know from what i've experienced with him and that that refreshed things for me it gave me some faith back in the industry which i feel has been missing a little what a little bit because i don't want to just call in i don't feel i'm here to do that but i my bullshit detector ken is is off the scale and and and, and glenn and i talk about this regularly about yeah. the bullshit detector he gets it like when we have conversation we, we just get it we know and there there is a lot of that in yeah. all industries but yeah. i struggled with that within this one so i used to write a lot for different magazines and i a lot of the magazines i wrote for they have other magazines right so it's a publishing house they're a business at the end of the day yeah. but i felt like the heart and soul was missing from that because it just seemed like we'll, we'll just get any information that's just my observation we'll get any information we can so it just didn't when i'd read these magazines like i was happy to contribute and i felt really honored to be able to contribute and you yeah. know i was having lots of talks uh, I was doing, especially around 2012, 2013, doing lots and lots of talks. I did a TV pilot for a show, and I'm, thank God they never put that out because it'd have been hugely embarrassing with Channel Four. It would have been really embarrassing. Um, I did do some. T I did do some uh, work before on a psychic channel over here on our one of our channels, and I just thought it just. I didn't want to do that. It didn't feel like it was being genuine. It didn't feel, in a sense of what they how they were promoting it i didn't want to be it felt like it was missing the authenticity of it and I, and, and that's really important to me yeah. so it's just it's been like a, a bit of a crazy journey of trying to find where can we have some amazing people like you know i met so many amazing people on my journey incredible people some well-known some not known at all and i felt like i wanted to have somewhere where we could all be like on a platform you know where you just felt like it was really missing and i kept trying to look for it and that's how i ended up creating this one with the raw real being magazine so that's in a nutshell well, say say that now, now i don't think just for my american friends watching say that <laughs> again that what's the name of it slower raw r-a-w r-a-w real, real. As in being real, yeah. being B E I N G, raw, raw real being, and yes. that is what is that? That is my online platform. Ultimately, it's a magazine. L let me ask you. So you went you so you obviously grad you went through school. You went through high school. Graduated. Did, how did how, as a kid? Because I can relate to the the um, what do you call it the the being a rebel it sounds like you were a bit of a rebel like i, I was back. yeah I, I was but not i could have been a lot worse 
I, did you ever have the, I don't, I, you know, one of the things like with me personally, I'm always like, you're teaching me out of a book that's like 40 years old and like, like what makes you the, where did this originate? Where did the thoughts start? Did you ever think like that? Like where, where did this originate? Like yeah, the first 100%. person to go one plus one is two. Who was that? And why did they decide that it was two? <laughs> well, I like with school, I always felt like, yes, you've got the certain things we do need to learn. So I, I understand that. And I think the socialization part, yeah, I love that. So like being able to read and write, that's important. Yeah. But what I didn't like is that we were ultimately memorizing right. a whole load of shit that we're being taught to memorize. And that's what we're getting tested on. So yeah. because I've always had an interest in, like, my thing is question everything. Seriously. Right. Like, always question everything. And yep. because because then you start to get your own awareness. And, and you'll know because you'll feel it. Or some people feel it. Some people know it. Some people get uh, just a, a knowing or that sense or that they hear stuff like it's about getting in touch with those other senses that are numbed down purposely yeah, yeah. throughout the education system because I do feel they are because yeah. nobody like it, I did feel an outcast because something and the only way I can describe it is something in my bones so in my very bones in my being yeah. felt like it's been screaming out since being a child this just feels something's wrong like something's off right right something's off and not in a way where I felt depressed or, or anything like that. It was more of a sense of, I don't fit in because I don't want yeah. to be a lawyer. I don't want to, by the way, I did train as a, as a lawyer for two years. Oh, wow. Oh my God. Like so much respect for them, but I can't do it. I, I got up in one of the classes and walked out when they said about uh, law school. Like, honestly, I not, sorry, law school. What the hell am I talking about? About criminal law. I remember my he said to the teacher at college said, if you cannot stand up and represent somebody, your client who you know is a convicted rapist or murderer, and you can't stand by them and represent them, then leave. This isn't for you. So I went, bye, I'm off. That was it. Was done. <laughs> and everybody went, you haven't just done that. I went, I can have. I'm not doing this. You literally, literally walked out. Yeah. Yeah, and that was it. it. Then I left. Of course, I didn't have a job because I was training. I was working as a legal as a legal secretary because right. I wanted to. I thought I don't know. I was just trying different things because <laughs> anything I wanted to like. Honestly, I, I just I felt I'd worked in retail. I'd worked d d look uh, in a travel agent for a little while. That was good because I enjoyed looking for holidays, and that helps now or vacations as you call them. But I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. So the whole system, the education system, still to this day to me, feels skewy. It doesn't feel right. I've, I I could go on a right agenda here with conspiracy theories and that kind of stuff, but I don't want to do that. Well, because one, I'd probably get shot. And two, <laughs> I want to live. So it's like- They don't, the how would you get shot? You don't oh, even don't have know. guns in the UK. But do they can? <laughs> do they? That's the question. No, I'm kidding. It's, it's this thing where it's like, I do believe that we're being suppressed as humans and our greatest abilities. Yeah. The reason I believe that is because of my own journey, listening to my family and seeing how mentally we are kept in a certain place so that we don't start exploring and using our gifts, our talents, the things that we have 
you know, we, we are, I feel like we're taught to feel like we need something else or to feel like we're not good enough. So right. of course we're easy targets for being sold utter crap or products that we don't need, you know, because it's like, it will give you this, it will make you feel better. I'm not saying all products like that. I'm just saying there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on which have, have had to come to our attention, I think. And like, especially with this whole lockdown thing right now, yeah, it's really making people prioritize. Like, really, do I need this? Do I need to buy this crap? It's certainly with me. Like, you know, one thing I have enjoyed doing and sometimes still do is shopping, you know, like kind of, buy, but then question, why am I doing that? Why am I doing Is it something I actually need or want? Does it make me feel good? If it does, hell yeah, I'll do it. But right. it's just this place where I, I have watched so many different documentaries and I'm talking from when I was like 18. So that's a lot of years worth of, ah, you know, to watch. You're only but, 27. 20, I'm 38. <laughs> I was trying to be kind. I know, but I can't believe, I was talking to my husband about this and I genuinely can't believe I'm 38. I don't feel 38. I feel about 500 years old. Seriously, I've all my life, so I've lived here. I'm like, what are we doing with our planet? Seriously. But wow. that aside, it's this, it's this thing where I think we've got an opportunity right now. Like, so people who are, you know, losing their jobs or they're in a position where, with, where they've heavily de been dependent upon ultimately creating wealth for someone else yeah. is an opportunity. But it might not feel like that at the time because if we're in fear, it can feel like hell. And it can and it does. So it's how do we go from that scary, oh, my God, what am I going to do, to what about if we really just took some time to like listen, because I do believe our intuition and that voice is always talking to us, always. And I feel it's always there. Doesn't mean to say we bloody listen to it, but it's there. So it's, yeah. it's are we willing to listen to that? And what has been whispering to you? What's your intuition whispering? Because I don't feel like it shouts us, but I think it's a it's a way to listen and to go, okay, so what is it that you really want to do? Because if we're in a place now. And again, there's two schools of thoughts with this because probably a lot more than that. We can look at this and go, yeah, actually, you know what? I want to do this project. I want to create something that I would maybe never normally look at because it's like we've just been paused. Yeah. That's one part. Then there's another side of me that's going, these bloody morons, they've locked us in. Is this virus even bloody real? Which I do think it is a virus, by the way. <laughs> but then part of me is like, I think it's been genetically made and I think it's a way to contain people. And so it's this, it's this, this battle sometimes it can feel like that or the misinformation that we're being given there, there was a, there was somebody posted a video i, I it's, it's fantastic it's, it's gone viral and it's a lady and she's saying i can't she's is american lady and she's uh saying with the, the you know you got all the little microphones so she's a news reporter and she's like right okay so you can wear a mask no yeah. no don't wear a mask um you, you can go out but you're not going out and right. i thought, because we've got so much misinformation. So now more than ever is a great time to as much as you can, like listen to that inner voice. What's it telling you? Because we, I feel like we're taught to ignore that. Like there's nowhere at school or in the education system that we're taught to, oh, you know what? We have all of these different senses that we can use. That's always been there since we've been here. Yeah. And we have this an incredible system like where we can actually connect with one another and we don't even have to be speaking and we can listen to that. There's something bigger, whatever you want to call it, or a divine intelligence, whatever you, you know, everyone's got their own uh, version of that. 
that ultimately we can be looking at how we can use these different you know incredible gifts and looking at nature which has all of these I, yeah i gotta interrupt for those that are just joining this is jolene and yes she was named after the song the song dolly pardon song um because her dad was at a karaoke party the moment she was born into this world and he showed up drunk, drunk. yeah drunk at the hospital yeah and said let's name her jolene yeah basically yeah <laughs> That's it. That, that's she, my story. That's it. Her journey. I love, I love, I kind of love the story. I, I just got to say it, but you were, so Neil Donald Walsh was, is a friend of yours, a mentor. He's, he's not. A, okay. So no, he's not a friend. He was a mentor. Oh. Yeah. So okay. no, he was, he was a mentor. He was somebody, he was on my journey, but I, so no, he mentored me and okay. he did the afterword for my book. And which is shelved. Well, that sounds like a friend to me. It's not somebody I ring up and go, "Hey, Neil, how are you doing?" You know, uh, I, I mean, I helped him with a few things after that. Like we, we, but I'm, I tell you, I'm, I'm friends with uh, the lady who runs his. Um, she's the director now of the Conversations with God School. I think it is. She's uh, awesome. She's a. She'd be a great guest for you. I honestly, she's such a lovely, lovely person. Wow. Um, so yeah, she's fantastic. I met a lot of lovely people through him, but no, he's not a friend like somebody I'd ring or anything like that. No, but he was he was definitely uh, an incredible uh, help on on my journey. And again, this is back in two thousand and shit, ten years ago, two thousand and ten. Yeah. How is it two thousand and twenty? I yeah. know, I know. So, so it's it's one of these where it, it yeah, there are breakthroughs there, but I think it's also important to share the the, the other side of it, right? So. It's it's that could have been an amazing book, right? You'd yeah. expect it had everything around it, but that's why I like to be really authentic and, and real to show you that actually it didn't turn out to be anything. It did it didn't. It's it's shelved. There's nothing. It's nothing happening with it. I'm you not didn't planning. publish it. No. It well it it was self published through okay. a department called Balboa Press, which was part of her house. And wow. I was messed about a little bit, and I, I just wasn't happy with how they were doing things. So do you know what I just said? I don't. So it was a self-publishing department. It went through them, yeah. but it was their self-publishing department. And it just was costing me money. And I felt like it wasn't, it was losing what I wanted to do with it. So even though it was self-published, it wasn't, there was, I was still limited as to what I could do. And so I thought if I publish my own card deck, why am I not just doing it myself? But there was a lot of emotion around it. And it felt like there was too much attachment. I felt it was the best thing to do is to just not do anything with it. I think I was rebelling against myself, to be quite honest, because I was like, wow. well, sod it, I'm not doing it. But I think it's important to share that because otherwise, if we're not hearing these sorts of stories where it's like, well, I did, I created a project, but nothing came of it. It can give false hope to people. So I like to be really down to earth and real about it. And just to say, you know, I did do it. There was everything there to say it would be amazing, but it wasn't because I don't feel that was my journey. I don't, I don't feel like I was meant to go on and be an author and doing this, that, and the other. At that point, who knows? Maybe in 10 years' time, maybe that is, and maybe I'll be going, oh, do you remember when I did that interview with Ken? And I was saying I wasn't going to be an author, and well, now look, ha, ha. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't think that's my journey because I love doing the magazine. And, and what I realize is, I, you know, I love having conversations, and I love giving people a, a platform, you know, so that they can share their story and also something global because my friends are all over the world. Like, they, they genuinely are. The people I've met, through attending various workshops, courses, 
I mean, Ken, honestly, I've been to some crazy, silly, ridiculous, awful and amazing things, you know, and throughout those adventures and journeys, I've met some incredible people. And now I realize that they're part of my life and, and how could I bring these incredible people together? And that, that was how that came about. And I felt wow. alive. I didn't feel that with the book. I felt I was getting caught up in that. If you've got a best-selling book, then that you've made it. So yeah. was that true? Or was that my ego trying to tell me, we'll be a best-selling author? Yeah, It wasn't meant to be. So that's why I share that about my story because you would expect it to have a different ending. But I don't feel sad about that because I realized that that wasn't my path and I'm okay with that. So that, so that, that wasn't your path yet. I don't feel like that will be something I end up doing because really? I tell you, yeah, because when I was doing talks and traveling and cause I, I was ultimately, I was sharing about my cards, right? So I'd get, I'd get asked to come and speak on in the UK, um, some of the stages here because I was writing actively about intuition and I still love sharing about that by the way. Yeah. But I was losing, I used to blog for the uh, Huff, the Huffington Post when that was like, you know, at the time yeah. that was quite a big thing. And I used to really enjoy doing that. So the writing side of things I love doing. But yeah. what I didn't like was these categories that these authors were being putting. And I felt yeah. like there was more emphasis on how many books you've sold as opposed to what's the content of the book. Does that make sense? So I'm more bothered about yeah. what is content that I'm putting out there. Well, the book itself is a book version of my cards. So for me, I'm just like, just have the cards. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't, why do you need a book? But it's because somebody advised me and I felt like because they're in a publishing house, that was possibly, that was the right thing for me to do. But right. it felt like it was a bit of a waste of time. So if I'd have just listened to my intuition in the first place, we could have avoided all of that. But anyhow, yeah, that was part of my journey. So I, it's, I do think looking back when I was doing the talks and stuff on stage, which I did enjoy, don't get me wrong, I love talking, I love doing like live events and stuff. Right. But I felt I just I felt like I want I always had a vision from being about 12 years old. And I used to get it all the time. And that was where it was I didn't realize I thought it was me being part of that. I didn't realize it was me putting it together. But it was where it's a big event and there was people, lots of incredible people, but wasn't quite quite clear who they were, but they're on a stage. And they're sharing their stories and there's there's an audience there and, and people are just genuinely connecting and feeling like that, you know, I could I could see it so clearly. And again, this is from being 12 years old, right? So wasn't sure what this was, but I see it so clearly. And I thought it was because I was meant to be one of these, you know, on the stage. I thought that's what it is. But having been on various stages and going and speaking at these places, I just felt like it wasn't lighting me up in the way which I feel what I'm meant to be doing would. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, yes, it does. And and I, I have a question. I, yeah. I, I can, First off, I can't believe we've already been on here 51 minutes. That's insane. It feels like 10 minutes. Yeah. I do talk a lot though. I'm very quick. So I'm sorry. You do you. talk fast. You could be an auctioneer. So, so, um, that could be my, that could be my calling in life, Ken as an auctioneer. <laughs> I don't do. think so, but I don't know your path. So. Um, but you, you know, I, I would love to hear from your, your perspective. We'll start with you. Why are you here? Is in on the planet or on this interview? 
<laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, I don't know what. <laughs> on the planet. Let's start with on the planet. How about that? The the big picture. Uh, okay. So I feel, and I can, I could be wrong because honestly, like, who knows why any of us are here, right? Isn't that the big question? Why are we here? Like, why are we here? Right. I feel like I feel like it's a it's a it's a learning place for us as a human being. Like it's somewhere we can learn. I do feel like we've had many past lives, and I feel like it's about learning from those and learning experiences. So I just think it's that's just my perception. But ultimately, that is the question. That's the question I'm always asking. Why are we here? Like, what what is our purpose? What is the point of being here? And my, the thing that's always brought me comfort is that passion like when I feel that passion that knowing that yes whether it's meeting somebody and having an amazing conversation or whether it's noticing something in nature of oh gosh this is beautiful you know that to me that lights me up and it, it just kind of makes me think wow there's so much this I really feel like this planet is beautiful I do I think there's there's so much we can learn from nature I think there's so much that we've forgotten about as yeah. human beings over the years and that's purposely been miswritten and written out of history altogether yeah. And so is it perhaps because we're here to discover who we really are and to go beyond anything, like beyond our own blocks, beyond our own ideas or our own maybe perhaps miscreated identities of who we feel we're meant to be? Because how many people are trying to fit in? That was my thing. I was always trying to fit in until I realized just sod it. I don't need to fit in. I'm just going to be me. I'll just, there's, there's no preconceived agenda. Yeah. You know, and this 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 was a struggle at times when I was being invited to speak on stages and stuff, uh, Ken, because people wanted they wanted to know what my agenda was. If I was to go and talk on stage, and I made this very very clear, I didn't ever rehearse it, so they wanted to know what I was going to say. I didn't know because it would just come through. It worked. It always there was never a time that that didn't work. But I, if I was to try and put that into something small into a box, it would stop it. It would kind of dilute it. Yeah. So it's trying to explain that. So I, for me, why am I here is to learn what is this life about? You know, how can we enjoy it? How can we make the most of it? What is available to, to us that perhaps we don't even know about? Like, what's the beauty of life? They're the question. I think when you start asking questions like that and powerful questions, then you start to open up many, many doors, which perhaps we wouldn't normally. Right. Does that make sense? But, but, but so, I mean, the, 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 so the only purpose is to learn? That's boring. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> what is the purpose of life? Isn't that though? No, what's I would like, say what's the purpose yeah, of life of all humanity? Why are we here? Why what's are we here? Your reason. What's mine? But again, I don't this is it. It's it. I feel like I'm constantly discovering that though. Because if I was to say to you, Kent, look, one thing, one thing I know, one thing I know I can give, then how about this? Is I want to be able to give as much love as I can, right? I wanna show up and be the best version of me right. in as many scenarios as I can be. But what am I here to do? What's my purpose for being here in this world is something that I'm constantly asking myself. I don't have a definitive answer for you. And that might sound boring, that might sound like, oh, well, but that's the truth. Like I don't, I am always asking that question. Why am I here? What am I here for? Right now in this moment of time is to be able to share as much as I can. So by using the, this platform I've created, for example. Yeah. But we could have a conversation in a year's time, Kate, and it could have completely changed because one thing I do know about life is that it's always changing. It's always changing. And yeah. about being able to go, you know, be free with that. You know, I, <clears throat> I remember from the movie, The Secret, 
Um, Neil Donald Walsh has a bit in there where he says um, he talks about the chalkboard. Do you remember that? Yeah, yes, I do. Yes. Where he's like, God didn't say, you know, uh, this is Neil, um, a handsome fellow he is, mm, <laughs> something yes. like that, you know, and his purpose is to blank. Mm. He, he, he didn't that he, he said, and I'm paraphrasing cause it's been a while since yeah, I saw yeah. it, but I remember that, that part. And I remember thinking, so wait a minute, is Neil saying that my, my purpose on this planet is not predetermined? Do you think it's predetermined? I think it's a double ended sword is that question. The reason being is because, and this is something that I regularly have conversations about, by the way. Like it really is. And hi to everybody. And I've seen some comments, like some of the comments come up as well on, on that. The, the, this is how I perceive it. Because I don't know if that's anything, I don't know if that's something we will get to discover in this lifetime. I don't know. I think we have access to all kinds of technology and information that's purposely being kept from us. So, yeah. But I do feel we can, we can connect in through intuition. Like that is such a, not just intuition through like there's, the, there's various other ways we can do it. Like, um, remote viewing and things like that, which I do, I know, I know they use that in a lot of the secret services and stuff, but it's, it's like looking at, do we have, and this is where it can, it really can get tricky. You can go down the rabbit hole with this because if you're looking at like what the secrets, when I say the secret, by the way, there's been many, many, many books written before the secret, like one of my favorite books of all time. And it's the one book I refer back to again and again, it's the one book I pick up repeatedly. And it's called The Game of Life and How to Play It by a lady called Florence Scovel Shin. And it was written in the, I think it was 1920, she wrote that book. And it is just phenomenal. It's not a huge book. It's, it's you know, it's, it's a, I love it. I absolutely love it. And so if we look at the law of attraction and the laws of the universe, it would suggest that we're creating every single thing in our life as we go along. Everything. Yeah. My understanding of this, and this is just my perception and understanding, because it's something sure. I've told you a lot. I believe that we have certain scenarios in our life. So let's just say there are A, B, C, D, E, F, G being a scenario. So you've got scenario A, birth, right? B, say something's happened or parents divorce or something like that. Something that's, that, that's a mark, like something that you could put a mark on in your life. So I think some of these events are predetermined. So Scenario A, B, C, D, e, going right throughout your life. Yeah. To get from A to B, I feel that's down, that we absolutely can influence that. The reason I feel that is because I've done that in my own life. So that's worked for me. It doesn't always work. I'm still learning. I'm still using different tools. There's a lot of contradicting information out there, a lot. So if you find something that works, stick with it. And it's like, so from getting, so say you've got scenario um, A to B, just yeah. predetermined. Yeah. But then how do you get there? You can swim, you can yeah. run, you can walk, you can crawl. And I'm using that as obviously a metaphor. And that's where I think we have that free reign so that we can then, you know, use whatever we can. So it's like, you know, the, the mindfulness, the what whatever we're thinking and feeling is attracting more of the same, you know, that kind of stuff. Because that's, that's my understanding of it. So it's like a, a, a mix. It's like... A, a beautiful, intricate, divine mix, if that makes sense. That my understanding of that has I come to that conclusion because I've given so many readings over the years 
yeah. uh, from, to people from all walks of life. Like literally, the people out on the streets to really well-known people who are out on our TVs and whatever. But yeah. it's like, what I realized is, is people, it doesn't matter what where you are on that thread, we are still having the same experiences as humans. So that taught me such a great deal. And I realized after speaking to all of those people that it made sense to me personally, because people would ask me that quite a lot. And I'd ask myself, I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, if I don't know the answer to something, I'm happy to say I don't know. Because I think it's better to just be honest and say, I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah, right. Instead of trying to make some bullshit up. Because we can all sense bullshit and we can all feel it, right? Yeah. And the thing is, to me, my face says it all. And so if I'm not saying it, my face will say it. And I, I can't help that. It's like something I wish I wasn't able to do, but it's like, I, I can <laughs> tell. My face is just like, yeah. But I, that's my sort of perception of it. Because there's some people have been through some events in their lives, yeah. which I don't feel they would manifest. They would not naturally attract that in. And like as being a child and stuff. So I, I feel like it's a pre, it's like a soul thing, a predetermined experience. But then to get to that next one. But, but the thing is, we're not taught how to get from scenario A to scenario B. We're purposely not taught that. Because if we were to unleash all of these amazing creative gifts, we wouldn't be in that system which keeps right. us suppressed. So yep. that's why I feel it's not taught widely. There are books on it, but it's not like at school we're encouraged to go and read about all these great people who've written these incredible uh, stories. And, and I mean, the, the best way I, I've found a lot of answers to is through myth mythology and how these stories have been passed down. And there's a book I read recently, and I, and I highly, highly recommend this book, uh, especially to, to your, your, your female um, fans, because this book was life-changing for me. And it's a book I've been reading whilst we've been on lockdown. And it's been around for years, by the way. And it's, caught, it's, it's running with walls. Um, and I'll have to get you the information on that, and if, or maybe put it in the comment box because I can't remember who what's how you it, spell it. What's it called? Me, I'm just going to bend down a bit to get my phone. Sorry, this looks a bit. <laughs> <completely> okay. <laughs> I'm going to show you because um, it's on my Audible. It's on Audible, but it's also in written form, and it's different. There are different uh, versions of it. So let me just go in and show you. Um, and the My book life. is called Running with Wolves. I'm just gonna right. Women who run with the wolves. Oh, okay. By Clarissa. I think I need an eye test. And I already <laughs> wear contact lenses. I can't bloody see that. Clarissa Pinkola. I can never pronounce her name, so so I don't want to do her an injustice. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. So it's, it is on Audible and it's on like Amazon or wherever. Um, but it's called Women Who Run With Wolves. With yeah. the Wolves. That, that to me has been a profound book. It has been life changing. And this is very, very recent. So, with, the, with my answers to your questions of why am I here, that's very much changing at the moment since reading this book because some things are working again in my bones. Yeah. And she talks about that and about the female lineage and how that's been written out of history. Well, the word history, obviously, if you take it apart, reads his story. So like, I just think we've been absolutely fooled for years and years. And it's always whatever the agenda is at the time of history as to whatever has been written. So do we ever know the truth? But I do believe we can absolutely 
uh, access some of this information. And like, I'm I'm a big fan of reading really old books. So yeah. like sourcing, like I love Mark Twain's books. So like sourcing these old books because there's so much wisdom in there. Yeah. You know, and it's it, so for me, that's where I find a lot of joys from reading the the, the more like old school books. Yeah. So. <clears throat> We could talk all day, but I do have other things going on. So um, I, I, I want to I want to ask you, um, you know, right now, given the it, I, it still blows me away that Neil Donald Walsh offered to write your foreword. You said, I'm sorry, that position's filled. And 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 he wrote the afterword for your book and you didn't publish the book. It, it, the, the afterword, Ken, is beautiful. I'm it's, sure it is. Yeah, He's honestly. One of my favorite people on this planet. So, you know, but, you know, let's talk about just real quick so we can start wrapping up here. Um, there, there, Cindy, Cindy put it in the comments. Women who run with wolves. Thank you, Cindy. Cola, yeah. SD. Yeah. So, um, yeah. let's talk about right now. This moment in time and history, I don't know that there's another another time um, ever in the history of the world where literally the entire world is in this lockdown, fear, just, you know. What do you say to somebody who is stuck right now, paralyzed? There's a lot of people paralyzed with fear. Yeah. I think that it's mainly media driven. That's just mm -hmm. my personal opinion. Um, but what, what do you say if somebody is stuck, maybe they're broke, they can't pay their bills, they can't eat, maybe they can't, I, I, you know, whatever. It's a bad situation for a lot of mm -hmm. people. What do you say to them to bring some hope to those people to help them get through this? Well, firstly, we're all in it together. So we're all learning, aren't we? Like we're all on this experience. We're all having to change. It's, well, that's one thing is changing all of us. I mean, what I will say is when it first happened, I went into complete fear. So I'm just going to speak from a relative place because right? yeah. it's not like I've got all my shit together and like I'm sat meditating and singing around in the garden. I'm not doing that. I, I do now and again. <laughs> it's And I do. I, I really just, you know, and then I feel guilty and I'm like, oh, I don't need to. You know, what I would say is this given from experience because this has tested me to my core as well ken just to really it really has yeah because this is when it makes me question everything i've ever learned because of course if we're using the laws of attraction then how the hell are we meant to change something that's outside of us right so but, but we can absolutely use these things so, so let me take it to the beginning so this is one of the things i've done to help me have some sanity in this so this isn't like a i've got the answers you know, like everything's going to massively change. But what I will tell you is this is helping me right now. So hopefully this will give you some comfort too. So the yeah. first thing I did is I switched off all of the news sources. So I think I mentioned this to you last time we was on a call. We, we, we did this before, didn't we, with Glenn yeah. on the call. Yeah. And I was, it, it wasn't long after that. I think I mentioned to you, I was really going through this fear myself. I, I just didn't know what I was going to do. And so one of the things that I kept doing was watching the news briefings at the same day. But it, to, when you're watching something and focused on something so negative and a lot of misinformation, because that's one thing that we're all being taught is misinformation at the minute, and not knowing what the hell to believe, right. then that creates a group energy field. And it, and it absolutely does. 
So if you've got many, many people watching a media source at the same time, you are energetically brought into that, which can yep. be extremely difficult to get out of at times. And that can be honestly one of the reasons why you're feeling so crap, because that is an actual energy in itself. Stop doing that. If you want to know what's going on, watch it at a different time. Like here, they do the news briefings at the same time, and I've refused to do it. And I've been telling all my friends, all my family, everybody, don't watch it at that time. Because when I've watched it, it felt like a smothering feeling energetically yeah. where I couldn't get out of it. And normally I can get out of There's different tools and stuff that I've learned over the years to use, and none of them were working. So I felt like there's got to be something else. And it, it is an energetic thing. So please don't watch when they're putting news briefings out, even if it's half an hour or an hour after it's been out, whatever you need to do to whatever you need to let, you know, whatever you need to be updated on for sure, but not at that same time. Right. So that's one of the first things, because this is an actual, an energy thing going on. So, so remove yourself from that energy field. At the time it's broadcast. Right. Right. Because right. Yep. You, watch what happens, try it. So you watch yep. one after, watch one during. Because yeah. this is something I've noticed. I'm very sensitive to this stuff. I don't and watch. I'm, I don't watch it at all. Period. Just because you know, like many, many people are feeling like drawn into watching it because you know we're all. Yeah, I mean, really, it's quite an achievement to keep all of these people in lockdown. When I say achievement, I'm kind of being sarcastic in a sense of, you know, how the hell have they ever done that? But anyway, keeping it positive. Just moving that aside. Yeah. So, so another thing, what I don't recommend is watching a lot of conspiracy stuff. The reason I, I don't recommend that right now is because that can take you down a rabbit hole. I personally have been down that rabbit hole for three weeks at a time and literally questioned every single thing in a not healthy way, thinking that, you know, there's yeah. aliens everywhere. And, so, and there might be. But, you know, it's a whole other story. I don't recommend it for a few reasons because whilst we're in this, it's a very oppressive energy at the moment. Yep. So it's, it and, and and especially when you're feeling sensitive, a lot of us are very naturally sensitive to other people and to worldly events. So we're going to feel that it's going to yeah. feel like and it feels like a bit of an oppression, a lot of an oppression anyway. So the best way we can relieve that is to one, don't tune in when it's live, when they're giving news briefings. Don't do that. Whatever you need. I mean, really, what I would personally recommend is not to tune in at all unless you absolutely need to, which you know, again, I don't, I can't say for everybody. Uh, I mean, like here, I need to know when the schools are opening and stuff, but I would find that out anywhere, right? And if I didn't, then right. I'd get in trouble and whatever. Anyway, so it's like, do what feels right for you. I can't tell you as an individual what's going to work, but I can tell you what helps alleviate it. So yeah. energetically, you want to be looking after your energy, yeah. like really, and really down to earth work. So you want to be opening your windows, clearing your house, like, get some order in your life this is a great time to get stuff done so yep. the more i think the more you can get organized in your home and i'm not quoting marie condust that is a great book by the way and that did help me but it's not necessarily about getting caught up in that either but keep yourself moving as in get yourself organized the more you can organize your home i feel like it's organizing your life in a sense so that's yep. where we have we, use what you can where you've got control over at the moment, at the, just and as I say, at the moment, so organize your home. The next thing is your mentality, because it can be really difficult if you're feeling positive and then other you have a conversation with somebody and they're really going through it and feeling like really scared and stuff. It it can bring up this like guilt feeling 
if you're feeling happy. And so a lot of people are are experiencing that now. And please know that a lot of people are experiencing it because it isn't, it's a whole new, all of this is new to us. So it's about really dealing with as best as you can your situation right now. So if you have lost your job or if you're on being furloughed or any of this, then what I would suggest you do, and it honestly, there's it's a, such a good time to do this at the moment, is to give yourself some time away from your partner. You in, unless you live on your own, then that's going to be a lot easier. But away from the dogs, the cats, whatever animals you got, people, anyone in your house, get away from that because it can drive you crazy. So go somewhere, no one's going to bother you. Make it clear that's your time, right? Even if it's half an hour, get yourself a pen and paper. I'm, big fan of this because this is going to help process some of this energy stuff you're feeling and write down everything you're feeling the more you can get that out of your mind and written down and the, the reason I say to write it is because it's energetically removing that from all of this crap that's swelling around in the head we can move it onto pace they've really old practice to do it but it's really powerful so by just writing out how you're feeling and all your fears and stuff it's not for anyone to read it's just for you it right. helps get you from your head and get you into that clear space again. But do this regularly, like do this daily, seriously, 10, 15 minutes, depending how fast you're writing or what you've got to write about. But get it all written down because it will help give you some sanity. It truly will. So I think having really good alone time in that sense is gonna help just give you that control, right? So it's about getting that control back where you can. Yeah. Okay, because when you get these, thoughts that are going through your mind and this fear and you're unplugging from that by not watching the news sources by not being distracted from family dogs cats god knows what else i'm speaking from experience right because yeah kids the lot and having that space to just write everything down like you know and it doesn't have to write anything you want like it could be you know um i'm really i'm really concerned i don't want to do for a minute I, i don't know but by getting that out is then opening a space where then you can come up with ideas. But while you've got that swirling around in your head, there's no space for it. So so by doing it, it's quite a powerful exercise to do. And it doesn't take long, because I like to be real down to earth, you know, especially if you're in a house with a family and you're all on top of each other and you're all absolutely doing each other's heads in, which a lot of people are feeling that. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are really enjoying that time together, but there's also a lot of people that aren't, or people with both. So it's doing your best you can, but also not beating yourself up is a huge thing, because right. I think there's a lot of pressure. Like it's it's almost like we're expected to, you know, like everybody's expected to just comply with everything and do as we're told. And if you're naturally rebellious, you're going to feel that inside of you where you don't want to break the law, you don't want to start being, you know, an idiot. But there's that feeling inside of you where it's like, but I, this doesn't feel right. You know, and so listen to that, like listen to what's coming up in you because that could be you finding your voice. Maybe you've never actually had, had that before where you've, the first time you've actually spoken from that feeling inside of you where you're able to say and speak what you actually are really feeling and not holding back. And I don't mean about just ringing people up and, you know, starting to sway off whatever you're feeling, but it's, it's an opportunity to look at it because we literally have all been put on pause at the minute. So it's it, again, it's looking at it and look, looking at the pros and cons of it, going, well, how can we best deal with it? So the more you can get some order and organization in your life, I think that's going to help you more. If you can get out into nature, and I know this isn't possible for everybody, it depends where you are, depends where you're based, and depends what the rules are, right? But getting out and moving and walking, leave your phone, whatever, just, just leave the technology 
and get yourself out and yeah. go and walk in nature because that can be one of the best things you can do. And, and it's, it's the basics. I know that. But it really does change the energy. And when you're shacked up with your family and your partner or your wife or your husband that you love dearly, but you could kill them at that moment, you're literally going to kill them. But you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. It's important to let off some steam. And it's okay to you know, talk to your family. Yeah. Have the conversations. This is a really, you know, it's a prominent time at the moment because, you know, we're seeing all these reports of wildlife thriving. You know, the earth is thriving. It doesn't need us on it. It really doesn't. I mean, it can thrive on its own. And it's about us recognizing perhaps of how we're treating that, but at the same time, how we're treating ourselves. Do we want to rush back into a life that wasn't actually working for us anyway? So it's asking these questions, but using this time and being very clear and putting some boundaries up with your family and saying, I need this time for me. So I don't so, mind. Let's, I, we got to wrap up. I apologize. Yeah. Um, so I, I had to interrupt you and I apologize. You're spitting gold and I love it. So if somebody wanted to, um, you told me that you have Jolene.com, which blows my mind. Um, that's your website. Is, is that where everybody could go to follow you? So, yeah, I mean, th that's my website. That's the one I've been using, obviously, whilst I was doing uh, all the readings. It's still there. Um, yeah. yeah, it's all still there. So you can absolutely go and check that out. The uh, the main one that I'm working on, the main project, it tells you on there anyway. It says about me and what I'm doing. The main one is, is rawrealbeing.com, which is a magazine. And it's an online platform as well. So we interview um, guests. That's, you know, like we were saying about Glenn. And he was our number one. He was our first. I've got it here. I've brought, brought my little leg up. So he was, oh, he was yeah, so this was the very first. Um, let, me, let me go full screen. Hang on. This was the very first issue we did. Wow. Um, yeah, so that was December 2017. So that was issue that one. Awesome. We're on issue 13. We've got um, Anita Morjani. She's an incredible woman. She's our main um, guest for the next issue, which is out next week. So the whole point of the platform of Raw Real Being, with it's a magazine, it's also like I said, it's an on online platform, and it's fairly new, but it's growing very, very quickly. Because what I wanted to do was to share people who've got incredible stories. That's the whole point of it. And it doesn't matter how many followers you've got. It doesn't matter um, if you're a best-selling author. Like we have people from all walks of life who've got a really beautiful story to share, and that's my passion at the moment. That's the thing I'm very much working on. And that's that's what I'm doing. So like we are always on the lookout for people who've got incredible stories. I tend to like pick out people who I feel is something that you know we can share with our audience, who yeah. where they can share like you know like, like you're, you're doing about the breakthroughs and things like that. So on ours, the the premise around that is around you know what about people being really raw and vulnerable, like in their yeah. like what they're experienced, and and perhaps sharing things with us that can really help us together. So it's very much around a we mentality and not a these are our gurus and you're lesser than. So all of the people that I bring on board, they're yeah. people that I absolutely adore. And having been in these, in, you know, been in the industry for quite a long time, it's yeah. like you get to see, you get to see behind the, you know, the, the scenes. And I felt like there was just a lot of people that I absolutely love and who, you know, would love to show. So that's the whole point of it. So there's all kinds of different things in there. My Jolene website, yeah, it was very much around my own projects, right? So it's well, like I've, when got, I've got rawrealbeing.com. Is that that's the website address, right? And and the magazine's free, right? So there's, there's, you don't wow. need to sign up. You don't need to sign up for it. It'll take you to ISU um, yeah. to read it. But yeah, I mean, oh excuse wow. me, it's free. 
I didn't want to put a sign up on there because I didn't want there to be any barriers or blocks. You know, I wanted yeah. people to get yeah. hold of it. And that actually worked really well. So, like, we've got, I think it's 74 countries now with that's people. Awesome. It's, just, it's just in one language, obviously, at the moment. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's and that's just all being, like, I haven't had, you know, it's not like I've had a vision board and gone, right, I'm doing this, this, and this. This yeah. is just, it's, a, it's a, been a real passion project of mine. That's uh, and so awesome. That's so awesome. Jolene, thank you. Thank you, Ken. I love your energy. I think you're incredible. I'm Bless so you. grateful to Glenn for introducing us. Oh, I love Glenn. He's awesome. He's he's incredible. He uh, really is. Yeah. He's God broke the mold when he made Glenn. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. So yes, thank, listen, thank you. Follow Jolene on Facebook. Are you on Instagram and Twitter? And yeah, it's yeah. So my my Jolene one is Jolene UK. So J O L E N E UK. And the Raw Real Being one is all of the hashtags are at Raw Real Being. Okay. Awesome. Jolene, yeah. thank you. I thank appreciate you, you taking the time. Thank don't you, hang, don't hang up on me. Don't hang up on me, but I'm cool. going to end the live stream. So thank you to everyone who watched, everyone. shared this out. Thank you for everything. You're awesome. Thank you, Jolene. Thank you.